0: welcome to the no ideas original podcast featuring shanam mr rob and Ken. episode 168 what's up y'all how you doing good. good yo did you get a? did y'all get a chance to um to catch what was it, a couple of weeks ago i was down in maryland visiting zane what's
1: up, oh man? yeah yeah
0: yeah i caught him, <laughs> <laughs> I caught him yeah what's i on, went how, what do
2: you think what do you think about the project
0: Yo, he, he he's, he's in love with it He likes it We went to um, I went down to see my grandma Because my grandma Is um, down in Maryland Spent some time with her nice. um, And then I popped in And chilled out with him For a little bit also So it was a good experience But you know We sat around We listened to the music um, Talked about the podcast It was good to see him Because the last time I think I saw him Was at um, our other Grandmother's funeral So yeah. you know We um, oh, went so and met time. him At the diner He had his breakfast And you know Z just being Z yeah just I Z, that's to I'm, I'm gonna keep it 100 Zane I miss you bro I miss, yeah,
2: oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. he keep it interesting all the time all the time bro all the
0: time what's up with y'all though how you doing what y'all been I'm up good, to man
2: I can't complain like you said we're we are planning for, for Green Tree as we speak um we're putting the menu together we had some some little things we had to tie up but I think we're gonna pull it through so we're looking forward to a big event um some surprises too, man. So that's that's been on on the radar right about now.
0: For for Rob though, for the people that's tuned in, I don't know what Green Tree is. Tell them what Green Tree is. Green
2: Tree is a festival my wife and I started here at our house, our beloved home. Um, we had the opportunity the first year to do a friends and family, where it's just close friends, close family, to come and have a great meal, just sit out in the yard and, um, and have a great time. And then it turned out to be and when you're doing this again, then next year came up, we had a jerk fest. That came out phenomenal. So this year is going to be a carnival thing where we play games and stuff like that. So we do this as a way of giving back. My wife and I said when we bought a home, we would buy a home big enough where we can share it with friends and family. So this is our way of giving back and also having a safe space for us to do it. Now, green tree means green
3: Tree.
2: I'm gonna just tell you that uh, along with good food, good company, great people, good atmosphere, we look to do this um for a while, man. This is hinged on on the back of the Nell's Kitchen project too.
0: Yeah, nah, that's dope. That's dope, man. I, I definitely I, I enjoyed it. You know, last year I was out there. Yo, 10 15 years from now, Green Tree gonna be Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a performance I already What's knocked down, saying? already
2: knocked down about seven trees. I'm making space out here, man.
0: Yo. Well, Dude. your neighbors is mad cool, so it wasn't no issue with knocking down them trees. What's yeah. up, young?
2: Listen, man. We got the greatest neighbors. One of them is uh, Mr. Armengaro. Shout out to Mr. Armengaro. We and to. And in the likes of the Sopranos and
0: uh, Lovely. Um, can, can, can I say real quick? Yo, that man had, you don't see the butter soft levers like that no more. Like, I, it was your birthday party, right? I was yeah, son. This he came with had
3: had yeah.
0: the, the, <laughs> oh, the, the Bronx tail butter soft level on. Yo, he's, oh, he's
2: straight up 100%. He's not a wise guy, but when you think he's a wise guy, like, he has yeah. that whole mantra with him. God bless him and Miss morning. Good people. Jims, wow. what up? What's going on, y'all? Listen, man. Yada, what you been up to, Yada?
1: Listen, I've been just working with the music group stuff, trying to pull that stuff together, doing, yeah. doing music stuff and trying to get stuff going or something. We got that college radio list going on, man.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. nice. I if you haven't cool. already, if you haven't already, or if you have, we're asking that you again go out and stream the No Ideas original debut project. The curation is available on all digital platforms. Right. Um, it's okay. dope, baby. Album. It. We drop in the video probably this weekend. We'll have the video for the first single, Big Facts, out. And we're talking behind the scenes about the next video that we want to shoot. We want to hear from y'all what you think should be the next video off the project. Also. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Okay. Word. Without further ado, though, you know we want to bring in our guests for this evening. Miss J. Diane Parker, author, empowerment coach, mentor, community activist. What's up, Miss? Welcome to the platform. Happy to have you. Thank you. So let's get right into it. You know, who is J. Diane Parker and how did you get to this version of who you are?
4: Um, J. Diane, first of all, I'm a a mom first, that's number one number two. I am somebody's daughter, uh, auntie, niece, neighborhood Mm. friend, all that good stuff. And then I am the urban fiction author Diane uh, J. Diane. Um, I I, I came into into that writing a long time ago because I was the only girl. Um, I had all brothers so they didn't let me hang with them. So I had to find something for myself to do. So you a um, tough cookie,
2: huh? Huh? You a tough cookie, huh? Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a I'm a big crab baby. I okay. am a crab baby.
2: Oh, uh,
1: okay. But
4: uh, yeah, they, you know, um, well, my mom, she grew up, in, you know, she was born, she was a New Yorker. Uh, we was born in New York, so you know, if you know anybody from New York, you know.
2: You said, it's so tough I, I was going to check you New your car, but you said York. Like New York, <laughs> York. Oh. <laughs> you said, nah, you, you cleared it. You cleared, you you cleared easy <laughs> <now>.
4: <laughs> So, yeah, um, you know, I, I did um, have a group, a little, you know, it was tough. I, I fought a lot of boys, more than girls. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to fast up the constructive. So, anyway, I, uh, you know, started writing and, Uh, Sneaking books, like the uh, Omar Tyree books, the Zane books and stuff (laughs) that I (laughs) was Reading those um, black love stories. I'm like, oh, this is juicy. You know, uh, Fly Girl and um, all types of stuff. And so anyway I'm reading, I'm like, dang, you know, I I can do that too, I can do that too. But at the time I had to think about it, I'm like, okay, you like 14, 15, you can't do that for real. Yeah, yeah, you gotta slow (laughs) down
3: yeah so
4: <laughs> um anyway i uh, started writing you know started writing or whatever and back then we didn't have um so when you hear people say get it out get it you know get it out of the mud um we not talking about i didn't grow up with like a whole bunch of nice stuff and everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you can use you know get a computer a laptop and, and right. write stuff you know what i mean nice. And yeah, then it was here. just a pencil and page. You know what I mean? Posting the paper. Um and just started writing my little stories then. And um, uh, I was like, okay. It was coming together, coming together. Then after I started writing a little bit, um, I would stop and then I'll get back to it, stop, get back to it. Then um I picked up on it probably like a few years ago, uh, after I was in a coma.
3: Mm-hmm. And um wow. I
4: thought about dang. What if I wanna die wow. uh without doing what I really love to do? Was was right.
2: There you go.
4: Uh get my work, my creativity out there and, and my uh, passion for people, you know. Hmm. And uh, that it was a scary scary, but I never experienced anything like that in my life. And uh when you have a traumatic experience, you know, some people it's sad to say that some people sometimes you don't wake up until something drastic happens to us, you know, um, yeah. we, we might not focus on our purpose because we, we got it okay right now. We working on nine to five it's making ends meet, wow. um, things like that, you know, so it's really no push to really focus on your purpose and stuff. But when you have a traumatic experience happen to you or something like that, then, you know, it almost makes you hungry for it. So right. you're like, dang, I, I gotta go harder. You know what I mean? I gotta apply pressure right. more to, to this, that, and the third to make sure I get it done because I may not get this opportunity next time. So right. that's, that's where the J. Dying came from. So I'm like, you know what, I gotta got get into it. I gotta get it going. So yeah, I did that, um, started that a couple years, a couple of years ago and went on and picked my little notebook and stuff back up and uh, mm-hmm. got my uh, first book published, Diamond on the Green. I, uh, yeah, that's the place in New York.
0: <laughs> can I can I ask you a question, really quick? Because you kind of you went past it, but you know I don't want to. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask. You said you were in a coma. What happened?
4: Okay, so I um well, I was pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. um, identical twins, and um, they were scared that you know then they was in the same bag, all this medical terminology. They didn't want their cords to get tangled and, and things like right. that. Right. So it was like, you know, we're gonna put you in the hospital where we can watch you for a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be too much of a big deal. So I went on to the hospital and um, like I said, I was there for probably a month. And uh that weekend, that Saturday and that Sunday, I was super, super tired. I just slept. I didn't wanna eat anything. So I'm like, what is going on with me? you know. Uh, their father, he was he was he was there with me. And um I, monday came around not the same thing monday night i just started I, I couldn't breathe wow just out of the blue you know um the, 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 when you see the fear on the people that are taking care of you
2: on their face the fear yeah on their
4: face man that makes you panic because yeah. like, they don't know what's going on i don't know what's going on like what is about to happen right um, so my oxygen level what was crazy was my oxygen level was dropping. Um, everything was just going bad. It was going bad today. And when you look at the monitor, everything was feeling normal. So they didn't know what was happening.
2: So scared. Um, I freaked they, them out. Yeah,
4: so they had gave me, you know, gave me um, the half dose of oxygen they could give me on that floor. Those, you know, the ladies, the, you guys, you fathers, you probably know too. Labor, uh, labor and delivery. Took, up, took me down to ICU. Um, I remember like 20, probably 20 plus doctors uh, was standing there talking and asking me this. And it had got so bad, I couldn't even talk. So I'm sitting here with my phone, I'm texting. Texting my boyfriend, I'm like texting him so he can actually tell the doctors what, what I'm saying, you know. And uh, that, that was crazy, you know. The, that monday night after that i, I don't remember wow. what happened and, um i remember waking up with a tube you know in my throat i couldn't talk um yeah it was,
3: oh,
4: it was shit, something shit. Wow. um yeah but you know i, I say when the doctors come with say, oh man we didn't think you were gonna make it. you know everything was critical you know, everything
2: the, was Lord did. the Lord said I ain't finished with well. her. And get I said, you know what? Well, God did it for me though. You
4: know, guess <laughs> some people would like, Oh, you lucky, you lucky, and I'm like, No, nah, yeah. I'm blessed. God
2: said she got more work to do. Get up, get her up right that's now. That's
4: right, that's right.
1: <laughs> I guess that's All when one, one, you one, decide one. to follow your calling.
4: Right. That's right. Right, right. Yeah. 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 That's
2: what's right. you Absolutely. So oh, let me ask you this. Since since becoming a full-fledged writer, what has changed changed most in your life?
4: Um I'm learning to I'm learning to be more transparent. I'm learning to be more vulnerable. Right. Um, because when you're writing, sometimes you're like, well, I'm gonna hold this back. Um,
2: you hit the trigger spots, huh? Right, right.
4: So it's like, oh, I want to talk about that <laughs> or I don't want to talk about that. Right. Even when you write and then I go through these, uh, and, you know, speaking engagement and stuff. And it's like, sometimes people ask you things and it's like, you think you got over it, but you really haven't gotten over it. Mm-hmm. So it is a trigger and you're like, okay, hold on, let me take a step back. But I'm learning, I have to be transparent, I have to be vulnerable. Um, just like my second, uh, release, well, I just did, uh, Vibbing to the Shift, which yeah. is a women's journal. Um, it talks about my experiences with addiction, uh, depression, uh, burying my first child or all these type of things, you know, that I went through and right. I had to be vulnerable because sometimes mm-hmm. people, when you talking about depression, um, when you actually cause I remember like talking to people, they like, Oh, I'm depressed and this that and the third. I'm like, okay, you'll get through it. But when you are going through depression, you don't wanna hear that. You know. Um, that's just the reality of it. Right. Yes, I, I went to church. Yes, I know people that pray, but in my mind, it's like right, right.
2: you still you gotta know, do the work.
4: I got to deal with it, you know, right. I got to figure right. out, I gotta find my way through. Um, Just like with addiction, you know, that came from losing my child, you know, uh, but God makes no mistakes. You know, the situation could have been a whole lot worse if the child was present. So uh, Mm -hmm. I I, I do find that writing now, it it, it does allow me that space to be vulnerable, to be uh, transparent so people can relate. People can find out how to overcome certain situations. Right. Um, sometimes people, are, you know, they want keep it, to keep it cute. Nah, nice. okay.
2: You know what? Keep it dirty. Keep it you dirty. Keep it real. You have, to, you have to keep it real with people.
4: Uh, because if you don't keep it real with people people are not going to take you seriously they're not going to have the no respect for you uh, they're not going to really trust what you're saying is it right or is it wrong you know, they don't have questions in the back of their head they might not say it but they, they're yeah. definitely thinking it you know what I mean so um, I definitely uh, feel like being transparent and vulnerable has definitely took place since I've been writing
1: mm. so from, from um, your first book to Vibe with the Shift, where, where, how do you feel you changed the person, or what do you think changed in the writing style? Anything changed in your writing style between the two?
4: Uh, yes, most definitely, because *Diamond on a Dream is a uh, urban fiction novel. Yeah. You know, it talks about the, the two girls uh, hanging in the streets of New York. They they get caught up, you know, dealing with the hustlers and things like that. And here uh, we Dabra go. Had, she, had a little,
2: she had a little rough home, home yeah. bringing up, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was read I was
4: reading a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so you know once once I wrote that, right. I thought about it, you know, I had um and, and, and keeping it real. Um, <laughs> I went back into that depression state again.
3: Okay.
4: And um so the doctors had, you know, they was trying to give you medicine. Of course, you know they wanna push drugs on her <laughs> um, and, and, and and try to get you to take all this type of stuff. And I um, I said, you know what? Writing is my outlet as well. I'm gonna put the pee into the pad again. And
0: okay. that's
4: why I did with Babbage to the chef. Think of vibing, you think you just, you know what I mean, you cruising, but you mm-hmm. vibing through the shift as the changes take place in your life, uh, men or women, you know what I mean. You you still, you still going through, you're going right. through, and it, it's a storm sometimes, but you still have to get through. So, you right. vibing through the shift, um, and that's why I talk about my different experiences and things like that. Me letting that out actually helped me. You know what I mean? Um, Because I felt like I won't turn all that by myself. I'm Mm. releasing it so other people can hear it. Other people can feel. You might not exactly feel how I feel, but you can get some sort of idea of what I'm feeling. So um, that's why I decided to change that up. But that's when the dream got a part two because it's a little cliffhanger. Oh
3: yeah, all right. I was gonna ask
4: about that. I was gonna ask
1: you about that.
4: Yeah,
0: I got another one
4: I'm working on too, an urban fiction novel, that's going to be a little
0: juicy too. So yeah. You You mentioned mentioned, um, vulnerability and Brene Brown does a lot of, she's an author also, and she's done like really good TED talks on vulnerability. Um, And I think that vulnerability is is underrated in terms of just a lot of things like mentorship, um, being a leader. Helping you grow as a person, also. I'm just wondering, from your perspective, why do you believe that people are reluctant to be vulnerable?
4: Uh, judgment is one thing, you know. Um, we live in a time now. I, I believe that people care too much of what other people think. Um, we got social media that plays a role in that. You know, a lot of people we we are only posting good things. We don't want to post the, you know, the dirt. We don't want to post uh,
3: <laughs> the, the struggle.
4: You know, we just want to post the, the good stuff, you know. So then people, it, that makes people reluctant. Because it's almost like, well, they, they ain't going through nothing. How can they tell me or how can they encourage me to, to do X, Y, Z? You know what I mean? If you paint a pretty picture all the time, come mm-hmm. on now. Eventually, it, it's going to show eventually.
2: It's going to fold the wall
4: it's going yeah, yeah
0: yeah so yeah. people I, I do find if you don't be vulnerable people are reluctant to trust you because they, they where can they relate great point huh? yeah it, there's um, you you're saying like you know about how people are reluctant to show the bad times or the bad experiences that they're going through and one of the questions that I had written down for you was talking a little bit about like adversity like having researched you and you know heard a little bit of your story and watched previous interviews um and everything like i see that there are, clearly there's been some level of adversity that you've experienced um, i'm a firm believer that from adversity comes growth though like you know I, I like i like to see a person who has been through something demonstrate resilience and you know Show to people, like, all right, I've been through things, but I've worked through them. And as a result of them, this is the person I've become. I've, I've, I believe, even though it's a cliche, I do believe that adversity builds character. And I think that we live in a society where people have become resourceful in a sense where adversity comes up and they figure out workarounds for adversity. Or the bar set very low Where people step over it And then champion themselves Because they've exceeded A very low expectation So I'm wondering from you Any adversity you experienced Like how has that adversity no. Helped you grow As not just an author Or um, an empowerment coach Mentor or an activist But just as a person
4: As a person um, it, It's definitely humbled me um, You know I, It could be some people, they, they get excited over like the expensive things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm fine with something from Walmart. I'm humble because I remember walking, you know, walking down the street with my mom, me and my brother, walking down the street. You had family toot the horn at you, you know what I mean? I remember being homeless. I remember being hungry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I remember what it's like not to have anything or trying to get clothes from different people because you didn't have anything to wear um so that going through a lot of those different things it, it has definitely humbled me uh, as a person because now what i do i get out here and, and i feed the homeless. i give clothes and shoes and stuff you know because i know what it's like you know i know what it's like uh, sometimes you do not necessarily put yourself in those positions but sometimes life happens if you're in those positions so mm. just have to, you know, take it with a grain of salt, keep going. You either gonna give up or you have to keep going, I always say keep going, you know, and keep going, keep going. Um, yeah. so adversity definitely builds character. Mm.
1: And it's fortunate that you you know, you've used your adversity in a positive way to listen to, to get your message out and help other people. It always seems like the people who've been through adversity are more more willing to share. To Intuition to help others than people who may not have seen certain things and don't understand it.
2: Sure. Yeah. Sure. One, one thing you said that that's very important sis, is transparency. You know, I've been dealing with kidney failure for the last 12 years. I, was just, I just got my second kidney two years ago. Oh. So being transparent about what I've been through, I've been through a scary situation where you look. You know, I almost lost my life at a hospital watching the nurse and the doctors look at you like how are we gonna save this boy you know what I'm saying? and I'm sitting there and I had an IV going through my arm and the IV was like a um, it was like a drip but it was loose it, it, it was it was it was loosening my blood it was filtering my blood so thin that I just passed out so, mm-hmm. so what I mean by being transparent you just always always remember that the words that come out from you about what you've been through, they're gonna they're gonna resonate with someone, and that's yeah. how I've learned to deal with being transparent. I tell yes. people everything about a kidney, everything about blood pressure, everything about being young, everything about smoking, drinking, know your krat numbers, all of that. Yeah, I mean, don't hold back. Give them the dirty, the dirty, the dirty, because they're gonna need that and by you being transparent. My question is, is there power In silence Or is there detriment to being Silent
4: That's a good mm. question <laughs> That's a good question because I would definitely say Sometimes you, you Um So I'll put it this way Sometimes you need to know When to say and when to speak Or certain things Right. Um it's almost like if you know somebody's uh, uh, somebody's an addict, and you're constantly talking about uh, drugs or alcohol or whatever that person. is Right.
2: Whatever the addiction is
4: right. So it's almost like you're poking the bear, and you're really encouraging that person. You're just poking the bear. So you want to you want to be silent in some situations, or you want to take a different approach. Maybe. Right. Right. Um, don't want the approach to be like you're beating a person up or trying to antagonize somebody. Um, but maybe the approach, sometimes you do need to be silent, I would definitely say. But sometimes you don't have to talk. Some people talk too much right. about it Because I know sometimes I have people and I might I might be like, I don't know if I should talk to them about that. Because if I talk to them about that, they might go, you know what I
3: mean?
4: Right. Well, left, I don't want to hear it. But, right. um, so silence in some situations, yeah, and then sometimes you do, you know, you do need to speak up and, and talk to that person, encourage or whatever you need to do for that situation.
2: All right. It, it, I, I find it that you, the power in silence is when you're contemplating and you're doing some self-awareness on yourself, you need to be very, very, you know, you need to be in a place where you can think, you know what I mean? yourself know something about yourself that silence i believe is very imperative and important very. when you're trying to figure things out you don't want to make like you said you want to think before you speak that takes right. a little time you got to chill out you know what i mean but then if you, there's something wrong with you and you ain't saying nothing
4: yeah right
2: <laughs> how am i supposed to know <laughs> that's when that could become a detriment and that's right when, and that the transparency comes in with, yo, I went I tell people I'm gonna do two kidneys. I make a... two kidneys, bro. I lost my first kidney at 37. Oh wow. When I when I went in that dialysis room, old lady came before she even got hooked up to the machine. She tapped me and she said, son, what you doing in here? Mm. Look at look at your environment. Ain't nobody here your age. Why are you in here? And I, I'm like, this lady don't even know me. She wanted to know why I was the wake up call. That was the wake up call. Yeah. And I had to tell a man, I thought I was living the best life. I was making good money, I was, I was going where I wanted. But I was checking my blood pressure. I wasn't going to that, that that annual physical. Because I was somewhere in California, or I was back in New York hanging with the boys. I go to the doc. I go back when I come back. And you forget. But now you get this headache in the back of your head that won't go away. Yeah. Wow. and now your blood pressure is 267 over 195 damn yeah. <laughs> a- you a walking stroke bro
4: that's what I'm about
2: to say <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest and I'm being transparent yeah. when I walked into that hospital that man said sir you're not leaving you're starting dialysis in 10 minutes
0: because
2: mm. you got so much toxin coming out your body mm. And that and that's enough. So when I tell my brothers now, yo, bro, go check your kidneys before I punch you in yeah. your head. <laughs> 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 or go. just gotta be transparent. Let them know the truth, baby. That's it.
4: Right, right. What
0: what what is um what is an empowerment coach? What exactly does an empowerment coach do? So An
4: empowerment coach is just encourage. Um, I try to speak life um, into people. I don't speak life into dead situations, but I try to speak life into people. Um, If somebody says they want to do something, normally that's how it starts. Somebody say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, that, and the third. Okay, that's my job to encourage and to push them to do whatever it is that they want to do on a positive level. um, Sometimes in in this coaching, it's not, there's no certification or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes you'll have people that necessarily not really focus on trying to uh, accomplish a goal that they need somebody need encouragement or empowerment from. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I'm just I'm in a mood today. I need mm-hmm. somebody to help encourage me. I need a boost or something like that. Um. So yeah, that's all an encouragement.
0: Yeah, you know what I think has always hindered people a lot of times from um, accomplishing certain goals or doing things. I think the overanalysis of stuff and overthinking it, like a lot of people get into the nuts and bolts of why you know how things get done. And I'm 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 not gonna front. I like that too. I like to know the intricacies of how things work and everything. But also, part of me around certain things is just like just do it and see where it goes, um, kind of thing. And I think that sometimes that hinders people ability to follow through on things like, you know, a person could be like, I want to open a store. But, uh-huh. you know, before I open the store, I have to find out where I get the place with and these are logical things. But these are also detriments to prevent you from doing the stuff, All right, I got to find out where I get the location from, then I got to find out, you know, I got to remodel it. And then where am I going to order the materials and the staff and you put all these barriers in place that get you to a point where you're like, I can't get this done until i actually do all these other things and then there are some people that be like yeah i want to open a store i open the store online or i just rented a booth you <laughs> know, i sold my merchandise or whatever it is right, you right. know and they haven't it's almost like what you don't know sometimes not knowing helps you get a lot further because you don't know the different intricacies of all the stuff that goes in the place
4: true <laughs> um, you're exactly right because wow. i know when starting you know um I remember years ago when I started writing and so it was so many people's like oh you need to have an editor you need to pay for an editor you need to pay for this publishing company you need to do this you need to do that so it kind of like it'll make you kind of like doubt it or want mm-hmm. to quit before you get started so it's like okay I got to put out this money to this person put out this money to that person and a few years ago when I decided to just go ahead and step out on a face and do it, it really wasn't that hard. You didn't have to do right. all, all of this stuff, you know, that people put out that you had to do this, have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um you you could figure it out, find a way. You know, I got online, I knew it and I um I had one lady that I knew that was an office. So I called her um, son. Matter of fact to try to get in contact with her. This woman called me at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I was just in off at work. I'm riding down the road. She called me and she said, I'm calling to tell you what you need to do, you know, to get your stuff published or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ran everything down to me. And mm-hmm. it wasn't hard at all. But sometimes you don't have people that's really invested like that unless they want something out right. of it. as well, right. you know. Right. Um, so, and, and that's why I tried to, some people, they say, you know, you need to charge people for this. You need to charge people for that. But I look at it, if you're doing it, in January, you're doing it from the heart. You know, I'm gonna get my reward regardless. There you, you go. Know what I mean? there Sometimes, you but I fed the homeless one day, and I think I was in Richmond or Petersburg. Fed the homeless. So here I am. I left the event. I'm going home. Stop at a grocery store. I gap on the on the little really, uh, little boba cart. He's riding around the store. He's cut to pull up a me. I hand my groceries. At least about two hundred dollars or whatever. He said, "Oh, I got that, man. I'm a." Look at that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what? you never know. It ain't always about expecting a dollar. Yeah, if you doing, if, if that's what your, you know, profession um, consists of, you're giving mm-hmm. a service, and yes, you do need to get paid for your service. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, if everything is about a dollar bill. Even though we don't Money make the world go round that's But if right. every single thing That you do Is about About a dollar bill And nothing can be Considered as charity Or just doing it From your heart Then that That's where the problem coming in here So I yeah. always You know You got to Loosen that hand up In order to get Something going. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know something though About urban Urban literature I feel like urban literature Really opened the door In terms of Giving authors Who may not necessarily Have those other Additional resources a chance because i've read like several urban literature books where um you know you could tell like the editing wasn't great there were grammatical mm-hmm. errors or whatever it was but it and honestly it didn't take away from the story like there are a lot of brothers that went to prison and wrote some of the best <laughs> 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 novels i've ever heard i'm well, like <laughs> you no know, yeah and i look at it, I'm like all right grammatically you know there, there are errors but at the same time i'm like it doesn't detract from the story it's a great book we had shannon holmes on um before we had kwame teague on we've had we've had a couple of authors actually come on and just talk to us like about their their stories. that's why you said omar tyree i've never read any of omar tyree books but i've seen like the the titles of like black sugar no coffee no cream or <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever it is and the zane novels and all that yeah. um yeah, I tell people all the time I had to be convinced to read the coldest winter ever. But that book is to me like, I don't know if y'all ever read it. That's that's a great book.
2: Yeah, my wife raves over that book, man. She likes she, she bought a copy, went, and got a copy signed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: That's and I never I would have never thought that Sister Soldier would write a book like that. But that book is the coldest winter winter ever. Um, be more careful. Um Terry McMillan used to have Great Man, books. All of those books, when you think about it, kind of takes me back to the days of like the Donald Goins novel Yeah,
4: read those.
0: Right? Yeah, you was gonna say something?
1: No, nah, yeah, I definitely read those. I think like a lot of stuff you're talking about, as far as like the points and stuff like that, and the, the stories you shared and stuff is funny because when we were talking, you're talking about how you know giving and keeping your hand tight. I wish him. I remember being in a restaurant and having a guy a waiter there that he was and he, you know, he was kind of busy, but he did a really good job and I gave him a tip. Fast forward to like the next day later, I got a flat tire on the side of the road. You know who pulled over and helped me? The waiter from the restaurant. How about oh, that? Oh wow! Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. You never know. You never know um, where
4: the help is going to come in. You don't know where you need. To be. You may fall and you may need somebody for something, you never know. Mm.
2: That's the law of reciprocity, man. You put good deed out there, good deed in return.
4: That's right. Um,
0: sticking with that theme, though, talk to us a little bit about the importance of community service.
4: Oh, man, what I love. <laughs> uh, people. I have a passion for people in general. Um, and as far as like the community service I I enjoy it I love it so much Um, I love helping people I love filling the need wherever there's a gap Um, I love just talking to the people Um, sometimes when I do these uh, community give-backs and teams and stuff I would set it up have like the food and everything and make it look like a nice little cookout family mm-hmm. cookout. Um, and, and it just, it warms my heart. I see the people, they come out, they get their food, they get their little bags and stuff and then they dance into the old to the old school. Yeah, music yeah. Like that I play, and it reminds me of an old school cookout. And I find it very important to be involved in your community, not just your community, but uh, wherever you can be a change at. Um, and that's what I call myself, a servant for change um i don't want to just go out here and get a food or, you know hand the food and go home i want to go mm-hmm. out here and i want to talk to them i want to hear their stories i want to um learn something from them because a lot mm-hmm. of people that are homeless that's out here what i'm doing this community service it, it doesn't um it's not always they just lazy or refuse to get a job yeah. some people have actually uh, had stuff that was inherited to, to them. Somebody mm-hmm. took it from them. Um, well, somebody in the family, you know. Sometimes it ain't always, oh, they just lazy and don't want to work.
3: Yeah.
4: That's that's not the case all the time. Um, and then you have, like what I do, summits and stuff like that for the community, for the youth, the young people, they need help. They need, sure. they need a year, they need a role model, they need a mentor. They um sometimes they just want somebody to get, listen to what they have to say, an idea or whatever the case may be. Um, I know in my particular area, my county, over half of our brown babies are suffering with depression.
3: Mm.
4: Um, and these are kids that's not graduated high school. We talking about kids. And system. Um so and they're mainly the, the, the black boys. Mm -hmm. so that right there um, and me being a mother of a child of a black boy um, whose father's been incarcerated most of his life Mm -hmm. it, 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 you know my light went off, I'm like hold on, you know it's time to start doing something different we gotta Mm -hmm. do something different Um, are we we preparing them for the world that they're going out here to, you know, and I always tell my son, I said, well you know, it's not, it's never um I don't want him to go out here and be judgmental about race. But there are people out here that's going to be judgmental about you.
2: Right.
4: But so one, yeah. you're a male and two, you're black. It's so black. you already have a target. Right. So mm. we have to set the bar a little different, man. Right. You know, we have to take a different approach, you know. Um and that's what I tried to tell him and then he started asking me hard questions. Uh, with mom, do you think my dad loves me? He he never, all he wanna do is, you know, do bad stuff and go so to jail. Wow. You
2: know,
4: you hear that coming at your child's mouth, it's like
2: right?
4: as a person like, oh man, I gotta put him in a room with some men with substance. You know, that was my thing. So I said I'm gonna start doing summits for the community. So mm-hmm. a lot of the single moms who have boys can send their son, you know, to the, to these events and free them you know i'm gonna feed them
3: mm-hmm. um
4: i don't see those events because i believe if it's young men coming they need to hear it from the men
2: yeah absolutely um
4: and you have to have a safe space for them to feel like they want to express it to the yeah. men. um because i know how i act and where how my son acts around me is not going to be the same as how he act around them yeah, got so um i tried to do that as a community gift, that community service. I do the um, for the young ladies, I do it as a, as a tea party. Um, and I'll call it what's tea because that's what the term is now. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I try this to, is all of Virginia, yeah, yeah.
2: You what know? parts of Virginia?
4: Um, I'm in little little town of Lawrenceville, Virginia. We have one stoplight. <laughs> Yeah, but Richmond, Virginia, I um I do services
2: out there. Petersburg, Virginia, I do it out here. I'm familiar right with often. Petersburg. I got family in Petersburg, uh, Colonial Heights, Hopewell. Yeah, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: them areas there. Um, yeah. there's a young lady. There's a young lady that that I follow on, I- on IG. She has a a um a vintage clothing line. It's called House of Beverly. Really mm-hmm. dope. She's usually on IG selling to me real. Okay. I think I, 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 yeah. I yeah. Ch- Ch- Chastity Merrill, if it's a name,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. she he does, yeah. does a lot of community events. But community events is about being inclusive. You know what I'm saying? It, community right. work is bringing people together. Yeah. So we can work as one. And I like to believe why some of these young men are dealing with so much depression because they don't have any identity. Who am I? Yeah. That's the question that's probably ringing in their head. Who am I? Yeah. Who Who do I have to reflect that looks like me? Uh-huh. Can't uh-huh. be my mom all the time. That's it right. Be some sort of male man figure that I can mirror off of. Like I want to be that. Uh-huh. You know, all, all boys don't want to be rappers and basketball players.
4: Right, right.
2: <laughs> some of them really want to be a scientist. Like really yeah. want to be a scientist
0: yeah you know you know when i realized the um the like the power of mentorship um not not only from a formal perspective but also from an informal perspective so probably i want to say it's maybe like six seven years ago i was at a barbecue at one of my friend's house you know and like all of us started getting together like all like people we grew up with and one of um one of the kids i grew up with he came and he was like yo Yo, how's yo? How's your brother Stan? That which is right there in the lower right hand corner, Kenyatta. It's called the brother. He was okay. like, yo, how's he? he was like, yo, how's he doing? I was like, nah, he's doing great. He was like, yo, I have to say, um, he was like, yo, I went to college because of your brother. I was like, really? He was like, yeah. He was like, he was, in the, he was like in the hood. Nobody was going. He was like in the hood. Nobody was going to college, but he was like, yo, if Stan could go to college, I could go to college. And I, you I was taken back by his aunt, Kenyatta. Okay, aunt, he's a detective now. Yeah. Um, the police department, but I was taken back by that because I was like, "Damn!" Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't what he said to Ant, It was just him modeling a right. certain behavior him, that yeah. made him see and be like, "Oh, you know, this is somebody who grew up in the same environment that I grew All up right. in, and is doing something constructive." And he took that and he held on to it, and and it he used it to advance to where he was in life. And that just made me really think about, it. "I'm like, damn." So you know, we always think about like this mentoring we always think about like the formal aspect of developing this huge program around mentorship but there is there is that other part of just modeling you know like you could you could be somebody in the community that people could see value in and have respect for and see you doing something constructive and be like you know what I want to be like that person and do right. something also. You know and I was like, wow, you know, like that's that's really and still to this day, he'll be like, oh, you know, like, yo, how's your brother doing? And it's that, so he held on to that nugget. And I can he could tell you better than me, Kenyatta could tell you better than me how many interactions he's actually had with him because I've probably seen him in the same room three or four times in my whole life. But yeah. whatever he did, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever, yo, whatever yo, he I did, digress for
2: one two. second, let me digress for one second, yo, Yada. Yeah.
0: School, school,
2: you affected some people I was killing people with that
1: school stuff,
2: school stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell them to us TUD ain't gonna forget that man. Nah,
1: bro. I beat them in that Regis school in 5th grade costing, um, <laughs> costing them Christmas gifts
2: That's right bro But yeah man, I mean Black males, males, females, boys, girls We all need An image
3: That's So enough. we
2: can have a self image and I think, I don't think I know it. None, none of these children today have an image that they can reflect and see themselves in. Yeah. They, they, they cling to what's easy and trendy. Well, if they're doing that, I need to do it too. That's why music is so saturated. That's why, you know, there's just a, a, a plethora of kids wanting to play ball. Like I said, nobody's, science is cool, man. Mm-hmm. Knowing the history is cool. Where you come from? That's right. You know what I mean? So it's good to have those role models, too. And we all play a part. You know what I mean? I have a young man that's standing with me now who his father decided to move to Florida, but he wanted to stay in Connecticut. My wife and I, we put him up. He said, look, you don't have to go. You stay here. You finish school. We'll take care of everything else. We let you know, dad, we got him. And now he's finished school. I got him a job at, at, at a at a barber shop. Now he's running pretty much running the barbershop while the man who owns the barbershop opened another barbershop. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, not, so not only did he did he get a certificate from barber, now he's knowing how to run a business. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Entry, on an entry level. Yeah. You know I
2: mean? he, and that's how you, that's how, that's how we. we and
0: now it. he has to make the same investment you made in him. He has to make it for it. somebody else to keep it's it going. Somebody else, pay it forward. I
2: mm-hmm.
1: mean, yep. when, when you look at it, listen, I, I wish, you know, as far as like the way people see you and the way you can do so people reach even more people, because I can tell you just from being an IT, there's a, a huge, under we're underserved in IT and it's huge opportunities in IT right well, that's one field where we could actually you can do a use lot of right. yeah we could use definitely a lot of people in team. So,
0: well, that's unfortunate i want to switch gears for a minute because i had opportunity to um to watch an interview that you did and it highlighted it talked a lot about um forgiveness okay. right and um you know you were talking about like i guess like how you had to forgive and the person i was interviewing you was talking about the um the process of forgiveness them can you tell us a little bit about why forgiveness is important and how i guess accepting forgiveness or you know forgiving can help you advance as a person
4: um well i know what interview you're talking about um <laughs> <laughs> it actually took me so i'm gonna start here it took me about 10 years to forgive one individual yeah. um I know some people are like,
0: oh, that's a long time. You know. Um, no, no, no. Hold on. Let me, before you say, because my grandmom still hate people from 50 years ago. Yes. Generational hate. <laughs> so, yeah, so. 10 years is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and look, I didn't think so either. So, I'm like, <laughs> I, I got to be good. But,
4: um, so actually, it had it got so bad, I would see this individual at the grocery store. Imagine we have one stop like where I stayed. So I'm always, I'm constantly running into this person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my God. And it was almost <laughs> like all the <laughs> hatred came back just rush. No. Triggers. Them triggers,
3: right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it gotta be a better way. It gotta be a better way. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I'm like, I got to, you know, I gotta let this go because I'm, car- I'm literally current it, you know. Um, he probably ain't even thinking about it, you know. Mm. But I'm actually current that hate. It wasn't wait, you know. Um, I, I realized forgiveness is not for, you know, for the other person. It's for yourself, so you can release that and be free from that and, and move on with life. Um, sometimes we we allow other people. To have such control over us, right? Yeah, yeah. You sure. know, because it's almost like, oh, if I forgive them, I'm letting them get away. But well, you're not letting them get away. You know what I mean? It's for you, um, and so you can move on and do what you need to do in life without um, trying to duck that person every time you see them somewhere right. or something like that. You know, it's like, oh no, I don't want to see him because just something felt like fire or something was up in me. I was just boiling, you know? <laughs> so I'm like,
1: takes a lot of energy to hate. <laughs> it, it sure
4: does. It sure does. Um, and, and then... It was moments where I was like, you know what, I ought to go do this, that, and the third, and that's just keeping it real, you know? I, that's that's how I was feeling, you know? I was like, you know, if I ever catch him in the cut somewhere, will
2: problem. You're choosing violence, huh? You're choosing <laughs> violence out here. here. I was
4: definitely choosing violence, you know? And I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> you know? We're but now, 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 to this day, like, I see him we're somewhere now. now. He'll be like, oh. Um, I'm so glad, you know, that you're doing this that, and the third. Um, how can I support your events and things like that? Um, so, you know, not to be funny, it's like now I don't forgave him. Now getting his money to help me some stuff. But it, you I'm know, hey, like, look y'all, not think about it. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> look at that.
2: Look at that. <laughs> what was
0: it? What, what was the moment that you had the epiphany? Like, I gotta let, I gotta let, I this, gotta go. let this go.
4: Because it was just too much. Every time, and like, first of all, like I said, it's so so small, you know. And it's been so long ago, you know, um, what has happened. It's like I'm not holding on any attachment. The only thing I'm holding is that hate for him. So I need to just, you know, get over it, let it go. what's done is done. Um, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, just just go ahead and, and just. Let it go, you know. So that's why like, eventually
2: did. Um, Ain't yeah. Ain't that something? Though, but because <laughs> you think about it, all it is is a thought. It
4: is. It is.
2: That's all it is. It wasn't no roadblock. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought he hates her, I, I see it her face. She's like, yeah, I want to punch him in his.
4: Look, <laughs> no, like, Here I am. I'm taking all I got
0: to do and touch to the cut. You hate somebody for so long, you forget what you hate them for. You just know yeah, I know right? I hate you. I don't know what I hate you oh, for. Man. I just know Come I hate on, you. Man.
2: Get on my damn nerves when I see you. <laughs> you got it. I, I mean, I told
0: my
2: homegirls and everything. I said, girl, we got to bank on one day. We got to bank on one day. <laughs> we gon'
4: do it <laughs> Yeah, I had
2: to let it go. I had to let it go. Yeah. It got, you know, right. Move on. Explain to me what human
4: opioid. Addicted to the wrong people. Okay. Uh sometimes you can be addicted to people that don't even love you back. Okay. Um but we, we force it. We force it. You know, I know from um how, you know, how women how women deal with it, you know. Sometimes we just trying kind to of force it, trying to make it work. Right. You know, it ain't you work. Hold right. on, yeah. And, and the only thing we're doing is hurting ourselves. Well, so you think about it, if you're taking a, a, a prescription opioid or something, which is a drug, you know, um, you're taking that the wrong way, that's what? That can kill you as well. That could harm good. you as well. Right. So just trying to I talk about, you know, being addicted to the wrong people. I've had my share of people that I was clinging to, right. um, wanted to hold on to, not let go. Not necessarily a man, but it could be an uh, individual. I felt that was beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to let that person go. So, yeah.
2: Man.
0: Opioid. I think that was a dope metaphor. In yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say a- addiction for, for what reason, though? Like what is it? What what is it that keeps you addicted or connected to that person? It could be person? money.
4: It could be money. It could be the person' presence. It could be um, what the person does for you sexually. It could be a lot of things that just hold toxic, toxicity. There
3: you
4: go. The mm-hmm. Toxic individuals. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you know this person was not good for you.
2: Right, but you. Make it up
4: but, in your mind. But you try to find every reason why they good for you. Mm. <laughs> but they, they not, not, you know.
0: Not. Yeah. So how do you how do you break free of that?
4: Well, how I broke free from it was trying to try to deal with other individuals that I knew that were um that were for me, that that mm. loved me genuinely, that didn't do things because it was a benefit it was a benefit for them. Um, not giving my body away because I wanted something right. um, different. Yeah, so I found what worked for me was opening up my eyes and, and going and talking to different people, connecting with different people, not standing in that same circle of folks. Right. You right. know, um, trying <laughs> well, to around. Yeah, move around. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Talk to us about vibing um, through the shift. You know, like what? Give us, tell us, like more about in terms of what the book is actually about.
4: Okay, so I have different topics. of um, like human opioid. That's one of the topics that's in there. Uh, purpose packing, careless. Um, we have careless regret. No, river of regrets.
2: We will regret,
4: yes, man We will regret. Uh, we have people that, you know, you, talk, you thank people for you, people not for you. Um, I feel like a lot of times we're, we, mm-hmm. in this day and time, we get stuck thinking about, oh, man, this one don't like me. I can't depend on this one. And it's just so much that people are putting out there. Nothing is really um, impactful. Mm-hmm.
3: Nothing
4: offers too much encouragement. They could tell you about the problem, they can't tell you how to get through the problem. You know, they can't tell you a solution for it. Right. Um, that's where advising through the shift is offering solutions for some issues. Now, I mean, I know I can't solve everybody's problem, <laughs> but I can let you know what works for me. You can right. try and see if it works for you.
3: That's
4: right. Um, but like the folks said, what the other folks say, it be a blank.
2: We <laughs> so, got something.
4: Yeah, so we got a little something that works for Um, I just hope that, you know, this journal uh, offers courage, clarity, and closure for people because in there I have some questions that you can ask yourself. Doesn't necessarily have to be a woman. I got some in it about the books, okay? Um, About the journals. And ask yourself these questions, you know, uh, release whatever it is that's heavy release it because sometimes everybody don't have somebody to talk to everybody ain't got a little big circle of friends that they can sit down and confide. Um sure. I always heard a, a, a listener ear is running about so you have to be careful who you telling your business to well in that journal it actually helps you think on these questions ponder um, about what is it that who am I which is right. one of the questions right. that uh, Who am I? That's one right. of the questions. Identity, man. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of people, um, like for me, it took, I talk about it, you know, sometimes after, before you had a baby, you, you were all right. And then once you had the babies, you, you get lost in other things, the looks, you get lost in and everything else, but what you really need to be thinking about. Right. That's you right. know, uh, so stay focused. And, um, yeah, buy me through the ship, a nice little journal.
0: And where can people purchase the book if they're interested in purchasing it?
4: Oh, so you can find it on Amazon, Marvin through the ship. Just type that in, and it'll pop right up um, on Amazon. You can also purchase it off of my website, which is Um and I will be able to sign it. You can see you a signed copy if you do it that way um nice. i have more hand so if anybody want to shoot a message or something dm me
0: or whatever um hey i'm gonna get a to you yeah i'm gonna dm you after this you know i want to want to support you um uh, make sure we get your book out there uh, i'll make sure i dm you after this i got one more i got a question mm-hmm. talk to us because
2: i like this i like i like stuff like
4: mm-hmm.
2: Man- mm-hmm. manifested monday <laughs>
4: oh, yes, I'm
2: glad you asked. Look. <laughs> let's do it. Let's talk about it.
4: <laughs> so, the, so the beginning of the week, I always do it. Somebody's like, oh, oh, my God, Monday is the worst day of the week. It's the worst <laughs> day of the week is this day and the third. People drag true. on Monday.
2: Yes, they do. We
4: take the drag from the weekends until the Monday, you know. And um, I am like, you know what? Well, uh, we got to fill up you know I'm going to call this Manifesting Monday.
3: <laughs>
4: so, um, whatever it, it could be a topic about um, anything that people need in life. And I just put a little snippet out there on Mondays. I've slacked a little bit because I had a lot of stuff going on, but I tried to at least, you know, I might throw it out there on a tuesday it says tune up tuesday or something you know but <laughs> I to, that's right keep,
3: keep
4: it creative kind of right. motivation right keep it um, creative
3: because
4: right. you never know who needs to hear it um sometimes you know what you said somebody else might be listening like dang i like what that brother said you know what i mean um well oh, i needed to hear that right. so don't know who it is and i check the views and stuff and i'm like dang all these views you know what i mean but um you never know somebody may need to hear that i've heard a lot of people send me private messages um, right. that right. ask me things about themselves um they might be like oh i'm glad you said this because i was actually going through it yeah um, that. my child i've got messages from parents about the kids." Um, This was something I could apply to my child life. You don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just doing it from the kindness of my heart. But you don't know the impact that you'll have on somebody, you know, somebody's life. Um, Just by being, keeping it 100. You know what I mean?
2: And that's a a powerful phrase. Manifested Monday. Just Mm -hmm. because you bring it in the weekend. No one likes Mondays, manic Mondays. It's a Tuesday. Exactly. It's miserable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of that. I so think- we start from the beginning. We're gonna manifest it now, and we're gonna talk about what's
4: going on. We're gonna talk about mm-hmm.
2: it. Over- <laughs> nice. I like that. I like
0: that. So, um, do you want to say anything in closing before we wrap up? Um.
4: Yes, I have some um, well I want you all to please be sure to follow me on Instagram which is uh, Parker, or you can follow me on Facebook also Um to kind of stay updated on different things that I have going on. These events that I put on these summits for the young people the empowerment summits for the um, older people where they're talking to the younger people or just setting a space where the kids can talk back to them, let them know how they're feeling. Um, all of these events are free. Huh. And sometimes I have, uh, just like when I have coming up in August, a uh, young, um, young lady coming, I'm actually getting um, a black doctor who can, to talk to us about our health. Black people have to start taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, And it's important for the Black doctors that we know where our Black doctors are because the things like the medication that you think works for somebody else with a different type of skin may not work for our brand. Um, So we want to uh, bring awareness to that. Uh, So please follow me. That way you can check out these things. You can actually see What's going on? You, can, you know, visualize it. You can see what's happening. see the setup. You can see what we're talking about. I have some clips from um, a young man um, that was incarcerated. Talked to a group of boys uh, by last Young know, Man a couple of weeks ago. So you can get on there. You know, you can follow me. You can see everything that I'm doing if you want to. So a will um, I don't say really donate, not getting away from that because people are fucking about donating because they don't know where they fucking going to. So I, and I definitely, I get you, you know, I get you. But if you want to sow a seed or anything like that, you have all my information and you can just send me a message on uh, Facebook or Instagram or my website, whatever. And uh, you can actually see the different organizations that I help with, the community that I help with, the young people. Um, and I'm doing this for free. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I have to money that I work for my job to help feed somebody a child or anything. Yeah. Um, sometimes, and, and I, that's one thing, I don't broadcast a lot. I don't put out people's names who, who I'm helping on a personal level right. because mm-hmm. they have capacity. They trust me with their business yeah. so i don't i don't do that um yeah. because i and i do it from the heart so it's only no to be broadcast on facebook oh i said this family because they ain't had that if i if i gotta do that i don't
2: need to be doing it at all yeah just, I, I swear you, you should you, you should you, i don't mean to cut you off but i i just feel it in my heart you should you should really link up with house of beverly Okay. I, I, I'll DM you her, her, her IG. You should really link her because she's doing some good stuff, and she got a little tea time table with a couple of sisters where they talk about little nuances and all that little cool stuff. And she's right in the community of Petersburg, so
0: yeah. Really link up with her. Yeah, and then, believe me, the work that you're doing, like even as far as the donation stuff, you know, like the fact that you offer transparency, it helps. I think that if people are transparent with the donations that they're receiving, people are more open. To, um to donate and then helping out like people out here they want to help out they just want to make sure that the money is actually going to the cost right
4: right. Yeah. right and that's why yeah. so i try to put it out there let people see
2: where the
4: money is going what your mm-hmm. money do You're doing, right. <laughs> right. people for right i had so many people donate i had uh barbers for a free haircut stylist for free hair um, makeup mm-hmm. artists makeup. For these um, high school seniors that couldn't afford it, um, the parents came up there crying because that was one less expense they had to worry yeah, about. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and even now to the building, the woman she said, "I love what you do. I'm going to let you. I, I'm not going to charge you for the space. I want to give it to you so you can use it to do what you have to do because what you're doing is it, it makes a difference." Right. And let me tell you, people gave donations. Those- <coughs> Limousines, I had, I had the limousine out. I, <laughs> yeah. I had mm-hmm. a and some bikers say, like, "Hey, I need y'all to ask what these babies did for me." Uh, <laughs> was, right. I, all of that is on, all that is on my page. And you can see everything, um, what your money can do, and, and, and what your time can do, for real,
3: right.
4: um, to, to to make a difference. You know what I mean? It doesn't take a whole lot. But yeah, everything is on my uh,
0: social pla- social media platform. I mean, everything is up there. Okay. Nice, nice. So we want to thank everybody for um tuning in to the No Ideas Original Podcast, Episode One Sixty Eight, featuring Jay Diane Parker. A couple of things, if you, again, if you haven't already, please stream the curation album. That's so our first project, No Ideas Original. We have a lot of great records on that project. I'm really proud of it and the work that we put into it. The other thing is I was just looking like all of us got on the No Ideas Original T-shirt. Oh, we don't do enough promotion of our website, No, you you no Ideas Original okay. merch. And again, thank everybody for tuning in. Have a good night. Thank you, Jay Diane, for do- for thank joining you. us this evening. Thank okay, you everybody thank on the next Peace you. out, everybody. Have a good night. I believe.
1: Bye.